Chapter 4 Paranormal Activity The more I began to practice magic, the stronger things began to happen to me. I didn't see it back then, nor was I aware. It was like I was a shining bright light out in the woods, and the bugs were flocking, a lighthouse in the storm of life. Something that I was doing was drawing attention to myself. This would have been harmless, except for the fact that something was out there. It saw me and watched my every move. It felt like the presence of ancient beings that followed me in my life, but never introduced themselves. They remained hidden in the shadows of my life, causing me to wonder the nature of their past appearances to me. They felt harmless enough, but yet I could not put my finger on it. They felt incredibly strong in the electromagnetic field. I felt like some force was influencing my mind and causing me to think of thoughts that did not belong to me. An example would have been when I told the school staff that I could read their minds. I was under scrutiny for months when I told them that one. It must have embarrassed the English teacher when I told her how she felt about her marriage to her husband. And I guessed right. She broke down into tears when I picked up on their trouble. She believed me right away that I had this gift. It was on my cell phone that I first noticed paranormal activity. The phone kept turning itself on and back off again. It was creepy, to be honest. I thought it might have been the fact that I was practicing my energy work that day. Perhaps it was occurring since my phone was on me. Somehow, it may have shut off in the electronic crossfire. It became more clear something more was happening when the phone started acting up even more. Electronic oddities and episodes continued and had nothing to do with my energy work and everything to do with the strange activity that affected technology itself. It soon started to affect the washer and dryer. The circuit would always break, thus leaving me to go down into the basement to try to find the fuse box in the dark. The clocks on the wall and beside my bedpost would all change their times on a weekly basis. The alarms would go off unexpectedly. Even the television would change the channel while we were watching our favorite programs. All of these paranormal episodes centered around electronic devices. If you could plug it in or add a battery, it was not safe. By the way, I think it's best to clarify what I meant by energy work. This was a skill that I picked up off the internet from a Hindu guru that could move objects with the power of his mind. I had several books on this subject because the local book club had a three-day marathon book sale. I got my hands on every book about mind, body, and spirit. There were books about meditation, astral projection, and out-of-body experiences. It was a great day for me because I brought my collection count of magical books up to 50. It was a large and satisfying number to be proud of, I thought. There was a part of me that was willing to memorize every chapter to retain and master the principles of magic to memory. And I had assumed that this was the norm or commonplace for students who were serious about their studies to want to learn more. One of the books really scared me, though. I remember that I was about to throw it away in the garbage because I was almost convinced that it had some kind of manipulative power over my mind. I thought another being was controlling me. It was so strong on me that I locked myself into a closet one time, afraid that I would break something or destroy the furniture. There was so much aggression that was flowing through me, 
and for no reason at all. It was coming from somewhere other than my soul. I had fits a few times and found it hard to control myself. That led me to the teachings of psychic defense. I learned how to create a bubble or shield around me of protective and magical light because of that particularly haunting experience. My high school science teacher, Dr. Lavoie, had a personal interest in quantum physics. I found out soon enough that he was well-informed in subjects relating to the private research I did at home. It seemed that his son was heavily involved in military operations that had to do with 21st century psychics as well. He told me that his son had spoken of alien visitations and technology that exceeded anything we humans have ever thought existed. He said that his son was a guard at the Area 51 base in Nevada. His son confided in his dad, Dr. Lavoie, and would often tell him troubling stories over a bottle of whiskey when he was given leave. Dr. Lavoie had a handful of pictures saved to his cell phone that showed unexplainable images of some abnormal-looking people that glowed and walked the area of the gates at night. He said that they were trying to get access inside the Area 51 compound, but could not do so for some reason. It was believed that they were blocked from gaining entry into the area because of the potential dangers. All he said about these dangers were that they could detonate bombs and missiles with their energy. They were also allegedly accused of stopping people's hearts and being able to access top-secret information from government databases. That's why they forever wandered outside the gates of Area 51. Maybe the government would one day change their minds about allowing them access to the area or attempt to communicate with them. For now, it seemed that they were not very welcome in the area. To me, it was for some unexplained and odd reason in my mind. This specific thought coursed through me and caused an uncomfortable feeling within. I didn't think things were as they seemed. Dr. Lavoie told me of experiments that went on at Area 51. He said that one of the aliens was caught trespassing in a forbidden zone and arrested. They had reportedly taken the alien inside of the operating room and sawed his head off to examine his brain. Only the top flap was removed with care to allow the doctors that worked at Area 51 to perform testing. Dr. Lavoie claimed that the doctors were trying to gain information about their powers and ability to create weaponry. They also examined him for the source of their power alone, thus seeking to duplicate whatever they had found into real-life human beings. The thoughts of mixing technology and metaphysics were my deepest desire. I saw that the magical community around my area was always getting put down and negatively talked about. All the while, the science community would cover some of the same material that the magical community did in their classrooms. The trick here was political and about not stepping out of line. Failure to do so would result in immediate termination of the teacher and cancelled funds for the school program altogether. It was a strategic and unfortunate dance that was deemed necessary. I remember that I was headed to my last class for the day. I still remember the great feeling that gave me. Just one more class, and I have made it through the day. I had been purposeful and productive. I felt fulfilled, and yet ready to be out of there. That was such a good feeling, especially on a Friday. When I turned the corner in the lobby, 
I ran into Andy. He didn't look so good. I just thought it was because he was up all night and didn't get much sleep. You know how kids are. Hey, bud, where are you headed? I've got to find somewhere to chill after school for about an hour or two. Can I come with you? Andy asked of me. Yeah, I guess. Why? Did you get locked out? Or are your parents trying to disown you now? I kidded him with a grin on my face. Don't joke about that kind of thing. This is ticking me off as it is. I feel like I'm almost homeless. Sometimes, when my parents go out of town, and I'm not allowed to even have the spare key, it's crazy. Andy was annoyed and hurt. Don't worry, Andy. I've got your back. We can watch TV or something. Maybe we could go on an adventure, too. I've got something I'd like to show you if you're game. I excitedly assured him. Okay, all right. Andy replied, more like he was assuring himself, but I was happy to hear he was game. I'm in your hands, bud. I hope they get home soon, though. I don't have any extra money to go to the fast food joint if they are late again. I got you, bro. Don't worry about it. My dad's not going to be home till late anyway, and mom has already said that she is going to leave food out if she's not back in time. I reassured him, in the hope that he could relax from the realities of a harsh life. All right, good. And, uh, I got something I need to show you as well. I'll see you by the carryout on Wheatley Street after school. Okay, man? Okay, I replied. I was stoked as I felt I was going to give him the surprise of his life. This thought surged through me, and I could feel its energy. I don't know what he had to show me, but I had a world of the supernatural to show him. The only problem was that my phone kept acting strange again that day. All day long, it was making calls that I didn't intentionally punch in and make. Also, it kept turning itself on and off like before. I was getting sick of it. The only thing I found that day that interested me about my cell phone was an EVP program that could be downloaded as an app in the Play Store. I was going to use it later with Andy in the woods. I thought it would scare him real good and give me a good laugh. This EVP program is what is known as electronic voice phenomenon. It is when you utilize an electronic device of any sort to pick up the voices of disembodied spirits. They will often speak to you through the device, and you will be able to hear them from the other side. It's not something you can hear with the naked ear, so the EVP app would allow us to hear what was happening all around us. I had become invested in the app because it just interested me because spirits had been giving me messages every time I used it. Late at night was always when the spirits would amp themselves up, and things got very scary for me at times. So, I determined to shut it off when the spirits got talking crazily, heavily, or negatively. There had only been one good experience that I could remember. It was related to a girl who died here in Lakeshore back in the 1970s. Samantha Jeffries, now deceased, tried to talk to me at night, but it was like she was always too weak. Sooner or later, she would cut out, and I was left hanging and trying to reconnect to her. She must have had an intense kind of life or death. Samantha seemed to never be at peace and constantly tried to get a message to me. Maybe she'll say something to Andy and I this afternoon, is what I was thinking. Perhaps something else would happen in the woods. I was hoping and looking forward to it, no matter what it was.